Welcome to the Naked Truth Podcast, where we talk about the line between spirituality and mental fully health. clothed fully clothed unfortunately yeah um <laughs> but spoiler so, alert but sometimes we talk about just mental health or just spirituality we there's no rules we need to interview a nudist one of these days but yeah, we should we're gonna interview bishop morcasianus um, today yeah can you tell me about him yes i met him many years ago when i lived on or at osu campus yeah and I had two doggies that I used to walk every day. Usually I had night shift at the hospital, Harding Hospital, Psych Hospital. And we're actually not night shift, evening shift. So I would finish kind of late at 11. Uh-huh. Then I would take my dogs and walk around. And one of those times I found a guy that was laying on the ground. And I felt like poking with a stick because I didn't know if he was alive or not. But yeah. it was a little scary. My dogs were like growling. and oh. Yeah, so we, we I ended up like kind of yelling at him because I didn't want to get too close because I didn't know if he was going to come out and like punch me in the face. Yeah, because some people, they, yeah. <laughs> OSU campus can be a little scary at night, but yeah, yeah so this was right around uh, the church. Okay. And I ended up, I think, uh, calling 911 and just asking them to come out because I didn't know if the guy was, you know, kind of like on drugs laying there or if he, what was going on. So, mm-hmm. but Father Murkasianus, um, his church was right next to it, and I ended up meeting him at one of these walks, not in the wow. evening, more like during the day. Uh, and we we just talked. He has a homeless uh, soup kitchen uh, where he feeds a lot of the homeless and folks maybe with um, low income. Okay. And so um, I ended up just interacting with him quite a bit, and he's a very cool guy with a lot of cool stories. I was really shocked by his takes on a lot of things. It was very like spirituality-ish or like even when he told me, he pointed to something on my arm and was like, it's warm on this side and it's not on that side. And I was like, oh yeah, that's true. And I was like, wait, what's going on? It felt like I was getting like a Reiki reading or something like that. So it was super cool. I mean, this interview is probably the definition of the line between well, not even mental health and spirituality, but maybe more spirituality and religion and how those are very, like, inter- interconnected. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and Father Morcasianus, I keep calling him Father, but he's a bishop. Yeah. And we actually, when I worked at Harding Hospital, I asked him if he could come with me to do an exorcism on a girl. Because oh, she was wow. about maybe seven or eight and she didn't exactly fit the mental health criteria. And I just wow. thought that maybe doing an exorcism would help. So uh, he he was very open to it. His family or her family agreed to it as mm-hmm. well. And so he went with me and he, uh, you know, prayed with her and, and did some different things. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that it exactly fixed the problems, but. I felt like at least we were exploring some other realms just to cover our bases. So Yeah, I mean, sometimes they're just unexplained things. I imagine you come across patients that you just are like, I don't, I don't and know. And I, I think typically Catholic Church does more of these exorcisms yeah. and, and other things like that. So he is not a Catholic priest, so it's possible that he is not as um, trained in that mm. realm we may need to interview uh, someone from a different, maybe, branch of religion. That would be super interesting. But I think his stories are still pretty pretty cool, and uh, it's always good to learn more about 
religion, spirituality versus mental health and how it all connects. Mm. Yeah, I'm super interested in that. I think that's why we made this podcast because we just want to show that the lines aren't as thick aren't as thick and firm as we thought there's lots of connections and also just to get to know the people in our area because columbus yeah. has you know there's so many awesome people here and i think we're always drawn to find experts in other states or drive really far to find somebody but yeah. you know really you can find some really awesome people here in columbus yeah if you need help it's always out there right and also for people who aren't in columbus and listening it's also just cool to well hear if you're not in Columbus, then <laughs> by all means, please come here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's also just cool to hear on the other side because maybe on a podcast you might hear someone get a psychic reading, but mm -hmm. when do you hear about the actual reader's life and how they came to be, or how did someone become a Reiki healer? What is that? What's a witch? Like, what does that even mean? Or how did someone become a priest? Right. What was their life? What led them to it? And and Bishop Morcasianus will will share that. Yeah, with in this the interview we're about to play right now. Mm -hmm. So we hope you guys enjoy it. We are honored today to meet with Bishop Morcasianus, and I may have mispronounced your name, Bishop. Oh. I've had it right. Cassianus. Cassianus. Bishop Morcasianus right. has a church here uh, at OSU campus, mm -hmm. and you have a soup kitchen. We run a soup kitchen and a uh, crisis center. And but uh, thanks for inviting me to your podcast. Absolutely. It's awesome. Uh, I'm actually honored. I've known you for, what, 20 years now? And uh, it's it, you are doing magnificent work, Aww. and all of the people that you help, and uh, on a long-term basis, you know you can't calculate that, right? That's yeah. a you can't measure. In in social work, they want to talk about measurable outcomes all the time, but you can't measure the degree of help that you give to someone who, you know, you don't. They don't realize that they have that equipment until they need it. Absolutely. They've, they've been helped in some manner, and you just don't know what you're going to say, when you're going to say it, that someone is going to really, really benefit from that. So you do wonderful, wonderful work. Well, and right back at you, because your work, I mean, you serve, how many people do you think every day helping with about food? A, about and... 150 meals a day. Wow. And I see about six or seven in the afternoons and evenings, sometimes more, sometimes less, but we do that. So what would you say your job as a bishop is? What kind of task, if someone wants to go into becoming a bishop, if I had ambition in life like that? Well, <laughs> if you <laughs> they, well, you don't become a bishop if you want the job. That's that's criteria number one. Mm -hmm. You have to be drafted, and uh, if you uh, if you are seeking the position of a bishop, mm -hmm. then uh, you got it all wrong. <laughs> 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 because uh, you know you have to be uh, part masochist. Mm -hmm. You have to be uh, an isolation that we, you know, because isolationism and 
solitariness, your solitary life. So if you like, solitude and isolationism are two different things. Mm -hmm. Solitude is a virtue to seek. And Jesus went into the desert and prayed. Jesus went to a, an isolated place and prayed. But then he came back out to the people refreshed and, and, and invigorated. And uh, But uh, isolationism is a mental illness. I don't want nobody around me. Leave me alone. Go away. I don't trust you. I don't like you. I don't want to know you. Leave me alone. And that brings about other hmm. things. So you have to be sort of a person who enjoys solitude, but then um, can, like a, a monk is a solitary person. And bishops are chosen from among the monks uh, so that they can come out as experienced spiritual people into, into the environment and help people from a spiritual point of view and in orthodoxy, as you may or may not know, it's slightly different than Western Christianity. Western Christianity is a, is wonderful, uh, but Eastern Christianity is more vibrational. It's more energetic. It's the grace of God within us that that we we. It's like playing the guitar or the piano, you know an instrument. So you say, okay, I'm going to hit the compassion chord now. What does it sound like? What color is it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the hum humility chord. What does that sound like? How about perseverance? How about, you know, uh, faith, hope, charity? So how did you find the... <clears throat> Orthodox religion, how did you find it? Or did God well, find you and pulled us, you in? <laughs> I went to Roman Catholic seminary. I was mm -hmm. Roman Catholic. And our whole monastery became Orthodox on the same day. We were uh, interested in the spirituality. We looked at the Acts of the Apostles and we said, well, where in the world is this still being lived? And we found it. And uh, this uh, Syrian Orthodox church is is a deeply, it's a, the most ancient form of Christianity in the world. You go to where Jesus was crucified and buried and rose from the dead, there's a church there. That's our church. Go to the upper room where he had his last supper, where he appeared to his apostles on Easter Sunday, the Holy Spirit on, East, on Pentecost Sunday. That's our church, St. Mark's Monastery. And I've celebrated the liturgy there where Jesus said, this is my body. I said, this is my body. And so that's a very uh, wonderful feeling. Did you study how to do exorcisms in school, or is it more of a kind oh, of like no. on the side kind no, of learn? No, no, we more? don't. Uh, you don't study that. No, the, uh, we are certainly aware of what that is, and uh, but um, the uh, we have a rite of exorcism every time someone is baptized. And we, we purify the water, we, ex, we cast out all of the demonic spirits, and we infuse the grace of God in the water. So that's And then each person that's baptized, that is an exorcism in and of itself. It's a statement of faith, but it is an exorcism. We stay away from, pretty much stay away from the grandiose and the... So uh, you're not going to be able to exorcise my demon from me? At least not today. I just banished it. Yes! 
selfie, did you see something leave immediately? Done. It must obey me because I'm the bishop. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> bishop Morcasianos. Yeah. How did you get into the work of God? How did you, did you know that you wanted to do this when you were five? No. Or did you, how did well, you get into it? Yeah, when I was, uh, when I was a child, I was, I was raised in a Roman Catholic uh, world. And um, I knew very early on that I wanted to serve at the altar. And I couldn't wait until I turned eight years old before I could do that. And so from the time I was eight years old until that they allowed me to do that, I was uh, serving the Mass every day that I could possibly be there. And uh, some twice or three times on Sunday. It was an obsession, I think. Maybe it wow. was obsessed, but I loved it. I just loved the whole concept of it and the feeling that I got from um the the prayers and the um and the connection was your family very religious or my mother was okay mm -hmm. and uh, my mother would come to mass and every day all the time so she encouraged yeah mm -hmm. and her family and all that so i grew up in it but i left the church when i was uh, like 15. i was 15 years old it was a civil rights movement and uh, there was a lot of racial uh, tension and stuff. I grew up in St. Louis, and there was a lot of racial tension at the time. And uh, we had one black family that moved into the neighborhood. And, uh, you know, it was just um, the things that were said and, uh, and the, the feelings that it engendered angered me, and I didn't like it at all. And so it was that and some other things. I said, well, I'm out of here. You know, so my feelings about priesthood sort of gave way to submarines and girls and uh, cars and stuff like that that every guy gets into. So that's the idea. So it was uh, not after, uh, I was like 35 years old before I came back into a very deep and personal uh reawakening with our Lord. And um, I can just say that I know him. He's a friend of mine. And um, if if there was a way to be saved, he saved me. And uh, so a very personal uh, connection was made and is still there. And if it weren't for him, I just don't know what I would do, especially like this week. It was a very rough week for me here. Was it a rough week this week? Well, we had... One of the, in addition to feeding um, people here every day, you know, we lose about 20, 25 people a year out of here. And extended-wise, the children that grew up in here, you know, all of them can count on losing two or three friends a year. Uh, and during the COVID lockdown, we lost 33 that year, none of them from COVID. I refused to close the church, by the way. And, uh, but all of these people were outside for a year. We had three men freeze to death. And so we've, we lost over 30 that year. But last week we had a, one of our mothers with uh, her uh, pass away very unexpectedly and wrongly. And then this past uh, Sunday, one of our kids who grew up here, one of the first who 
the first who ran our candy store, when we had our candy store down there. She was gunned down and murdered uh, on Sunday morning. So, I mean, it just goes on and on, and this is very difficult for me personally to deal with these things. Uh, it's not like I'm not human. And when people, you know, when uh, people do such stupid things, they pl I, we, we like to say that people play stupid games and they win stupid prizes. They take risks with their life without even realizing how risky it is. And then next thing you know, they're gone. Now you have children. She has two boys, eight and 11, no mother. Now the other girl's 27, she just got killed. She has a 10-year-old boy, no mother, no father. And just, so you have all these orphans of people and uh, it's like the neighborhood eats them alive. So, so if it weren't for a personal faith that I have, uh, and even that is, you know, it's like it's like a crucifixion, personal crucifixion, and so uh, it hurts. Crucifixion hurts, and uh, so it does. So we have to f figure out a way. People looking to me for some sort of support or answers or things like this, and. You know, it's just hard. What do you tell them when they seek your support? What do I tell them? Mm -hmm. If you're the minister on the Titanic, if you're the chaplain on the Titanic, what do you tell them? It's going <laughs> to sink. The only thing we know is it's going to sink. You have to have faith and trust that, mm -hmm. you know, this world and the next are connected. Mm -hmm. And so no matter what happens in this world, the next world is awaiting us. And that next world is better than this one. And so if we believe that we're in a transition, all of us, when we're born, we begin a, 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 a process of transition to the other world. And uh, Jesus said, uh, it's better that I go. Because if I don't go, if I go, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and uh, I will, yeah, I will come and get you, and where you, where I am, there you will be. And so, with that, those words that you know, you either believe them or don't believe them. If you don't believe it, well, then okay, then you have no hope. But if you believe them, then you can have hope. And hope is uh, worth clinging to. I always say that when I go to the other side, I'm going to be all excited about it because I'm going to have coffee, drink it with God over there, hang out, no more bills. <laughs> it's a better world up there. That's all I, I'm going to say. I believe that. And you, you think you're going to have coffee or a different beverage of choice? Or will we need to have a drink of choice? Or it's, it's all just, we're going to be spirit, right? You can have whatever you, you want. want on the other side. Because Starbucks it's a, it is. <laughs> it's a place of mind mm -hmm. and spirit. So we're not subject to gravity. We're not subject to uh, aging. We're, whatever age you want to mm. be in whatever self-identity uh, you choose. Do you have. think we stay over there forever or do you think we come back here? Reincarnation is out there, one of those beliefs. It's irrelevant. Irrelevant, okay. You know, it's irrelevant. Okay. 
It's just irrelevant. It's beyond the scope of our course here. If we have a course that says we're going to get you from this life to the next. Mm -hmm. Once you're in the next one, you start another course. Another career. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just how okay. it goes. Uh -huh. So, so it's uh, being a human being 101, and then uh, we move on to the next course. Well, I somehow think we're always human. If yes. you get to the stage of life where you're, you're made in the image and likeness of God. Mm -hmm. So you look in the mirror, you say, okay, God looks like this. Really? Depends on what time of the day it is. But we're right? energy, so God looks like energy probably. So yeah. that's what we look like. So it's a note, it's a harmony, it's a yeah, it's it's an sophagio uh, mm -hmm. frequency, right? So what about dogs? Do they have a soul too? Does God give souls to every living thing, or is it just humans? Remember that movie, uh, <laughs> Robin Robin Williams mm -hmm. played in this movie called What Dreams May Come, and uh, he woke up in this field of flowers, right? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the dog is looking him on the face. He says, uh-oh, they screwed up. I'm in dog heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I would be in dog heaven if I go up there. I wouldn't mind. I don't seem too bad. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, I Dogs lick my face every day anyway. So Love is love, you know. Yeah. So love is love. And uh, there's nothing more precious or loyal than, a, than an animal that loves us. So this life is temporary. We know we're all going to die. And we're going to transition. We're going to transition. Yeah. Should we, I mean, should we just try to not be so attached to this life and just know that when God says go, you go? What should we do? Well, there's, there's philosophies mm -hmm. that differ. And one philosophy says detach, detach, detach. If we talk to the Buddhists, for example, their middle path, they will say detachment, detachment. Detach from clinging to this and clinging to that and detach from your appetites and detach from the things that uh, that you uh, crave in this life. Uh, fast, fast, fast in prayer, fast in prayer. And, you know, it's repent, repent, repent. And I believe that someday we're all going to be asked... Did you enjoy the life I gave you? And did you help others to enjoy theirs also? That's the criteria. Mm -hmm. And so if you can say, I did enjoy the life you gave me, even though some of it was painful, there are times that are not painful. Even though times are hard and struggle and levels of difficulty, um, the experience of trying and failing, the experience of achieving a goal, the experience of graduating a class, the experience of... Uh, Having your face licked by a dog. <laughs> face licked by a dog. Those experiences that, you know, we don't, you know, and we just take for granted sometimes right. here. And you say, well, it's... It's all been bad. It's all been, I've had such tragedy. I've had such pain. I've had such, such rejection. I've never been liked. I've never been adored. I'm not, those kinds of things, we can dwell on the negative and you can dwell on all the positive, neither one of which are real. You have to. So you're saying it's all a bunch of BS. We shouldn't it's a balance. focus. 
It's Some a balance. Which, okay. It's a balance of 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 life is good and bad. Every moment is you say, man, my foot hurts, my foot hurts, my foot hurts, and so uh, stay away from me, and you know or I'm gonna punch you out. Why? Because my foot hurts. Well, you know it makes no sense. And so even though our foot hurts, even though our you know our bills have to be paid, you can still enjoy this particular instant. And not punch people in the face while Correct. you do that. Absolutely. Right. right. I'm reading a, a book called Journey of Souls, and Alicia, you read it too. I don't remember when you read it. Probably well, a little while ago. But so it's fresh in my head right yeah, now. Yeah, I already forgot everything. So <laughs> so it's about this uh, psychologist that hypnotizes people to help them work through their traumas and stuff. And then he, he had just started out, he wasn't very religious, wasn't spiritual, wasn't anything. And then as he was um, hypnotizing them to help with their traumas, they went so far back to the womb. But then some started to remember before that. And then they basically had memories of, I guess, heaven. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, talk to people who have ancient memories. Wow. I remember I was like three years old, my parents would tell me. I was like three years old, and I was talking about, and I always I was talking about memories that I had of building a, a big church. Wow. With tar. Mm -hmm. pitch pitch and straw and putting that between the stones and they said and two-wheeled carts pulled by oxen and things like how does this kid know anything about this right, right? well come to find i did it when i went into monastic life i'm sitting there and i'm looking at the history of monasteries around the world and i come up across tintern abbey tintern abbey mm -hmm. is in wales wow hmm. And it was built the uh, 10th century. So you're a Welsh bishop. <laughs> My Maybe. father's line comes from Wales, right? Mm -hmm. My wow. mother's side comes from Germany. Mm -hmm. So uh, so I studied a little bit more and went did some more research. And I said, I know this place. I know this place. Mm. And as it turns out, one of my ancestors built it. Helped build it. it was a mason, stone mason, wow. and he's buried there. So either wow. you have memories of your uh, ancestor, or you were reincarnated over there in a past life. But you said it's irrelevant, so I'm not going to go there. <laughs> the reason we say it's irrelevant is because uh, the Buddhists believe that you can will live ten thousand lifetimes mm -hmm. until you attain enlightenment. Mm -hmm. Uh, unless you are have enough good karma that you encounter a holy man, a lama, in this lifetime, that if you do what he teaches you to do in this lifetime, that in your next lifetime you'll attain enlightenment. We as Christians don't dispute their their doctrines, right? Uh, but we will say that we encounter our holy man in this lifetime. Okay, Jesus, it will come. You don't have to go find him. He'll find you. And when he finds you, you can believe in him. And if you believe in him, you can have enlightenment in this life. You don't have to wait to another one. So you can have it now. Right here and right now. And I don't have to buy a lot of lights for my house Saint to Paul be enlightened. Says, now just... is the time of salvation. How do we do that? 
How do we do all that, get enlightened? You can ask for it. Mm -hmm. And you can keep asking for it. Because I'll, when I get there, I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> enlightenment is a, is a realization. And it's not once for all. Mm. A realization is a, an emergence of, your, of the truth of you into the ultimate truth of you, which is one with God. This, and this emerging is something that happens in our realization. It's always there. You're uncovering it. You're discovering and this is the idea of God speaks to us through our experience. And if he speaks to you through not just what you read, book, whatever. I have a hypnotist story. Oh, I love We to are hear waiting it. for it. You're waiting for my hypnotist story? Yes, please. I have a couple of them. Perfect. <laughs> I hope you have a demon story too. Oh, well, sure. Well, one I really shouldn't say on the radio. Oh. We'll cut it out. You can. <laughs> I can. Yeah. All right. So it's X-rated, uh, or what's the rating no, called? No, no, no. It's just <laughs> dignified. Right? Okay. I want to be dignified. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's the entertainment night at the officer's mess, and the 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 woman piano player was playing, and she sang, and she did everything. That was fine. But then that was the warm up for the opening act, the main the main event is Claude the Hypnotist. Claude the Hypnotist comes out and he's dressed in his tails and his top hat and he's, you know, got the cane. He's everything. He's dressed to the max. Mm -hmm. And he says, everyone, this is my Polish accent, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone in this room is going to go into a trance. I'm going to put everybody into a trance. All 150 of you, I'm going to put into a trance. Mm -hmm. Pulls the watch out of out of his pocket, the beautiful gold watch, and a nice, beautiful long chain, gold chain. And he says, This beautiful watch has been in my family for six generations. And I'm going to use it as a means of putting you into a trance. Every one of you. Watch the chain. Watch the watch watch the watch watch the watch and everybody is mesmerized by this thing okay. all of a sudden the chain broke on the watch he goes shit <laughs> it took them three days to clean up the house <laughs> and he's never been invited back oh no <laughs> Oh no! Maybe I had one person say, "I don't, Father. You you talking to me about this hypnotism stuff? I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that." I said, "No, okay, don't believe in it." Mm. As they're walking out the door, they crowed like a like a chicken. <laughs> they did, huh? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> okay, don't believe it. <laughs> it's interesting because with hip, hypnosis, you're basically being put into like a. I know they have the brainwave states, but then there are a lot of people I know who pray for a while. Alpha and then state. They can they do the same thing. Absolutely. Alpha, alpha state, The same right? state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where, yeah. Mm -hmm. We go into where you're just open to suggestion. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
That's why they say kids walk around in a hypno hypnotic state. Even because, deeper than alpha. And that's when parents are usually giving them, you know, different types of conditioning, right? And, and then it's hard to later, you forget what was said to you, but somewhere inside you remember all of it. it. You're acting yeah. on it. Absolutely. They're like sponges. Mm -hmm. Kids have to be protected. Yeah. What does your life as a bishop look like? What time do you get up? What time do you go to sleep? What do you do Monday for Friday? What do you do on the Saturday and Sunday? We just want to know. If I want to become a bishop, I'll know now. <laughs> well, there's a thing called Opus Dei. That's the work of the Lord. And so our 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 day begins as a monk with the the seven times a day I will praise the Lord, right? So wait a minute. So at 35, you went into... The seminary? Monastery. Monastery. Mm -hmm. Where was it? In the U.S. or was it somewhere mm -hmm. else? Or? Well, yeah, so was, I went into a, mon a monastery of the Cistercians of the Strict Observance. Where? And I did my novitiate in that mm -hmm. in Virginia. In Virginia, And okay. so it is the idea that I did that, and I was walking around the monastery, you know, uh, building businesses in my head. And I had the idea that I was going to be a hermit or I was going, what I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew I wasn't going to stay where I was. And the abbot said to me, he says, uh, uh, Who said that? My abbot said Abbot, that, okay. And said, uh, I have a sense that you're not going to make this your permanent place. I said, I told him the truth. I'm walking around building businesses in my head. He said, well, he says, there's a group of people that are just starting in Manchester, New Hampshire. Would you like to go and visit them? They're a mix of various backgrounds. And I said, well, okay. So I went and I loved it. And they ran the homeless shelter there in Manchester, New Hampshire. And so we were six of us Benedictine Cistercians and, and Franciscans, and we were just there, the idea that we serve the poor. And uh, so it was, a, and that's where our, our education came in, Eastern spirituality, Eastern Christian spirituality, and the hesychism, which is the uh, focus on the energies and the virtues of Cassian, so that's how. So, so New Hampshire, and then how did you get to Columbus? I was ordained a priest mm -hmm. there, and uh, there, and uh, and then I went to Montreal, and from Montreal I was in there for about almost four years, and uh, went to seminary there even after I was already ordained, and uh, very interesting, and um, unattached. Unattached. But, yes, unattached. <laughs> Was it difficult to be unattached uh, after leading a life of someone that apparently was in relationships before 35? Yes, I, I, was, uh, I was married. I have, a, I have a son who's 48 years old. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Where does he live? In, in Indiana. Indiana. And a grandson who's 12. Wow. So I'm very proud of them all. They're very good people. Very, very good man. So you left your wife at 35 and you said, sorry, honey, God's calling me. I was in the Navy. You were in the Navy. And yeah, so in the Navy on uh, submarine service. And so the marriage was really not really a marriage in the sense of what you would ex expect in a marriage to be, because I was gone 
almost all the time. And so it just sort of drifted apart. And finally, we just said, well, this is stupid. Why are we continuing to do this? And we just parted our ways. Mm. And so there was uh, several years later that I went into religious life. So, uh, so that's how that went. It was all approved by the church and everything is good. And now back to a day of a bishop, a, a day well, the in the life, life of a bishop. Well, the prayer life is the, is the anchor that's, that, that holds us in our, in our grounding, mm -hmm. the prayer life. Now it's, you prayer know, life. Prayer life. The, the regimented prayer life of, you know, the, the Psalms and the scriptures every day. So you pray but every the, day? Five times a day. Five times a day. Mm -hmm. uh, for how long? About half an hour. Half an hour? Minutes, yeah. Okay. So it's at the, the morning prayer. And we watch through the night. You know, monks are known by the night vigil. You know, Jesus said, I will come like a thief in the night. And will I find anyone watching? Okay, so we watch through the night. And uh, so then there's morning prayer, midday prayer, evening prayer, and the prayer before bed. So those are formal prayers, and those that's just the routine. Do you feel like you reach state alpha during prayer, or do you feel like it's just like talking, like normal, no difference in... You and I are sitting here talking. Yeah. You and I are sitting here talking. That's how it is. Just having, we're just in, sharing the space. Mm -hmm. And sometimes words don't have to be said. Most of the time, words don't have to be said. It's like... Uh, it's like I'm an old married couple sitting on the front porch in their rocking chairs. Just, With God. Just, just sitting there and enjoying the sunset together. It's perfect. And it's just uh, existence together, mm -hmm. abiding together in a life. And um, if, you, if you ask for an answer, something will come. But if most of the time the question and the answers are already known. Mm. And so we just have to quiet down enough to listen to it. So five times a day prayer, and then... But then we get up, you know, then we open the doors at the 7.30 and we begin breakfast, and then there's the music, and I'm the DJ or I'm the cook, or, you know, it's interacting with people. And then uh, we have lunch at 12 o'clock, and then it's over by then. So then... Usually I'll crash for an hour or so for uh, until it all begins again on you know in the evening. Oh, we're taking your crash time away from you right oh, now. Oh no, it's quite fine. <laughs> I'm actually quite asleep at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so and then on Sundays you I, I can buy locate right? <laughs> yes, you, you could you buy locate. You're sleeping on your bed right now, and then this is a projection. Well, of usually you. in my chair because I have oh, to be ready perfect. at a moment's notice, right? never know who's on the other side of the door. That's right. It could be anything. So uh, so speaking of that, uh, so when you pray, do you ever leave your body and travel astrally around? Sure. Yeah, it's, this is Christianity. Mm -hmm. I had an old monk tell me one time, at night when, you, when you're in your prayer, you leave your body and you go around the world, you know, uh, being of benefit. Just be a benefit. Relieve suffering wherever you find it. Be a benefit to every soul you meet. And bless them, bless them. 
be attentive to any mission that you might need to go on. The Lord will put you in a place and time somewhere, and you'll be able to uh, be out of time and space and be able to interject into a certain place and bless them throughout you know, eternity. And then when you come back in the morning, come back to your body, be rested when you get up, be well rested when you get when you wake. And that's one of your teachers said. And then he said, uh, and then get up and sweep the floor. Mm-hmm. You have to keep yourself grounded. Absolutely. You can't you lose it in the mm-hmm. states and, somewhere you know, astrally mm-hmm. out there somewhere. So do you actually travel astrally? You remember that, or you're yeah. kind of telling me what a teacher said? No, I wouldn't talk about it if I didn't know about I it. I see. Very cool. Yeah. You have to know so where did you travel to? I want to know everything. <laughs> uh, what did you see? How do we get to it? You don't have enough time for this. <laughs> but uh, if, you're, if you realize that the kingdom of God is at hand, so that when, if you transition from this body, from this life, and go to the afterlife, that means that there's a place then here and there's a place there. There's a place now and there's a place after now. Sometime after now. No, they're both now. All things are now. All time, all space resides in him. So every bit is, is one event. So for example... Let's say that you're on a park bench and you're sitting watching a fountain. And you can see the fountain shoot up out of this lake. And there's a fountain that shoots up. And the, it's coming down. It's got a roar to it. You hear the fountain. You see the fountain. And, you know, those French fountains where you, they go up, comes out the top, comes down, puddles here and then falls down and goes to another layer and falls down. So you realize that that's, you can sit there on a bench and look at it. You can watch it. You say, hmm, this is all one event. Mm. Imagine yourself being one drop, one drop out of all of that. That's your existence in this whole whole event, Mm -hmm. which is a continuous event. So, so we you, just need to watch the fountain, get in a meditation state, pray for a minute, and then leave our body. <laughs> it's all it's all a progression, right? Stages of reality. Mm-hmm. So if 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 you are sitting here on the bench with me now, you and I'm I are hyped s- up on coffee right now, so I probably you can't. and I are sitting here on a bench right now, and we're sharing this reality, mm-hmm. but within you. There's a whole different universe. There's all kinds of universes going on within you, right? Bishop, don't blow my mind. Right. You can go all the way in. Mm-hmm. You know, used to see this, uh, they had a cartoon at one time where it started out with a man and a boy in a boat. Mm-hmm. Man and a boy in a boat. And all of a sudden, it starts panning out, panning out, panning out. And you see the man and the boy in the boat, the lake, man and the boy in the boat, the lake, the continent, man and the boy, the, 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 the ocean, man the and the boy, the whole... Yeah planet, then the moon, then there's, you know, all the stars, and uh, so all the stars and the galaxies, and you're out there, and you, you see it all, shh, into the vastness of space. Mm-hmm. And then it comes right back in, 
And starts panning in, panning in, panning in, and you see it get closer, closer. There you are, right back with the man and the boy in the boat, right into his eye mm-hmm. of the little boy in the boat. And then he goes the other way, mm. infinitely small. Right. From the infinitely large to the infinitely small. We still get energy, right? It's only a matter of perspective. Absolutely. So it's all existing at once. So I'm already astral traveling within my own body. That's what you're trying to say. There are existences within you. I'm happy with that answer. But the beautiful thing Mm -hmm. about it is they're subject to your mind, Mm -hmm. your free will. Mm -hmm. So that if you have, if you are connected enough with God, who is the energy of source of all of it, that you can actually manifest a realization of, you know how to scan people. You say, I scan, I say, oh, hmm. <laughs> kidneys okay? What'd you say? Your kidneys okay? You feel your kidneys are fine? I hope so. You know, so, but <laughs> I'm just saying, you can scan and you say, oh, what's, what is going what's on with this person? What's bothering someone or pain? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with this person? You sense an inflammation, you mm-hmm. sense a disturbance, sense something, a blockage of energy or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. So they call it Reiki. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, but it's like that, but it's different. It's Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's all energy work. This is Orthodox Christianity. It's called hesychism. Mm-hmm. Hesychism is a style of meditation that we do, and it is a meditation, hesychism, quietism. I'm not going to be able to, to say that word. H-E-S. Like C- hedges outside? H-E-S-C-H-A-S-M. Hesychism. H e excuse me h e s y c h a s m. I'm gonna get there one day. Do I need to check my kidneys? <laughs> no, I was I was just using you, that as an example. But you. But uh, just in case, do maybe anyway. I'll do blood work. But there, there is some, there is something going on just uh, right up other mm-hmm. side. Yeah, other side. So you see yeah. auras. Mm-hmm. So it's a little info. You know, does it feel warm sometimes? There. I mean, usually my armpits are pretty. Not armpit, but just before, just right in here. Um. So it's a little I warm. I sense a little warmth there. Mm. Nothing to it's be. It's warmer than the other side, yeah. Nothing to be alarmed about. Okay. <laughs> okay, it's but that's just how it works. Yeah. Because if I can be within my own energy, then what's where does my air stop and yours begin? We're sharing it, right? So your, our, we can share our energies. If we can share our energies, then I, I can be perceptive to you. Mm. It's a matter of perspective, but it's also a matter of perception. Mm-hmm. So it's very it, cool. This is how we heal. Jesus said, he told his apostles, go out. Two by two, heal the sick. Preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. What did they do? Did they? They went out and healed the sick. How are these fishermen going to go out and heal the sick? Mm. By eating fish. They brought them, they're maimed, and they're disturbed, and they're... And he healed them. They healed Mm. them. They had the power to... He healed all those people. In the masses. How? Perception. He was able to perceive their need. 
and heal it energetically. Hmm. It's all energy. It's not pills. But I prescribe pills, Bishop. If you believe in magic, you get magic, right? I have a comment. Is it okay not to be a serious person? Because religion seems so serious. I love God, but I'm still, I like to be funny. And I like to sometimes just, I, just enjoy life. And, I'm not and a I don't religious think, person. I don't think God is that serious. Is God serious? Like everybody with religion, everybody's so serious. You go in and people are just standing there and listening all the time. And I just want to be like, let's go run around. You know, I just want to if be silly. Think, if you think God has no sense of humor, I mean... Have you ever looked at a camel? Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So it's okay to laugh. Of course it is. My sermon last Sunday was about, you know, that the Jesus and the scribes mm -hmm. and the Pharisees, he always treated them with, with respect mm -hmm. most of the time. And he was, let me show you what your religion is supposed to be. Because they, they spent years studying the law, the scriptures, mm -hmm. and they knew all about the law and the scriptures. And so they felt that was their qualification for being in front of people and ordained. But it was also teaching them how to control everyone. Mm -hmm. You control them. You must conform. You must obey. You must conform. You must obey. If the, the, instead of 10 commandments, there's 432 commandments and no one can keep them. And so it makes guilt and shame and all this. And these are means of fear to control people and punishments. You can't come in the church anymore. You can't pray with us. You can't eat with us. You can't uh, associate it. You know, so these are means of control, mm -hmm. domination. Mm -hmm. That's not what religion That's not God. That is not. Thank you for saying that. We, you know, so he gives you free will and he allows you to mm -hmm. choose that, uh, to, to follow him mm -hmm. or to follow the other way. There's two ways, light and mm -hmm. dark, right? So mm -hmm. you, you can choose and there's consequences for each, each one. Mm -hmm. Dumb games, dumb prizes. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because a lot of conspiracy theories that I read as a kid mm -hmm. are like, for example, UFOs and stuff. Now the government's releasing the everywhere. data. No, no. Why <laughs> now is conspiracies okay, is so reality. Yeah. Why are they bringing this out now? Right. I'm curious um, because even with the music industry, there were a lot of conspiracy theories I read as a kid, and now everyone's very open about very strange things. I'm curious if you have any thoughts on that. Kind of the mainstream industry. Well, they f music has been used for propaganda from day one. I mean, go back to when they first recorded the World War One. You know, Johnny goes marching mm -hmm. off. You know, and so uh, that th these were recruiting tools mm -hmm. to recruit for the army. They were recruiting for the army, and all. And right, get your mind on the victory at hand. Mm -hmm. And so, recruiting to. But, uh, and then, you know, in the 60s, you had uh, uh, the music composers and music rock and rolls about right. how, about the anti-war movement. And so that was a propaganda there. They said, oh, this is very successful. And so even trendsetters, you know, like the psychedelics and stuff like that with the Beatles, they would set a new trend. Right. That means that's, that's Pied Piper calling the mice to follow. And so uh, it's used as means for mind control. Wow. 
Right. So it can, it's music that's, you know, calms the savage beast, but it's also music that controls the uh, weak mind. It's interesting because music can be used so many different ways like when you come to church and you sing it's just like alcohol so probably you can you can uh, be healthy with it or you can get in trouble with it everything i guess can but be I, used wrong in the wrong hands i feel like singing in church i feel very connected and very like uplifted but then yeah. you know when i hear other songs today on the radio sometimes i just feel so sick after absolutely if you uh do a study of vibration mm. You say, okay, well, the solfege, you know, yeah. uh, solfeggio frequencies, yeah. um, and you say, okay, you can see how water responds. Mm. They take water and 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 take a micro, take a, a droplet of water, put it on a microscopic plate, and mm -hmm. you put it on uh, and freeze dry it. And then you look at it in our microscope, listening to Beethoven, and you see, oh, it's very beautiful and harmonious, and you know, perfect symmetry. She's right. Up she wants to be loved. She's yeah. saying the biggest message out of out of everything is, I want to be lap. loved. That's absolutely, it. absolutely. Love is everything. Yeah. That's that's what God is. Love. But then you know, so you take and play uh, Chopin, mm -hmm. beautiful. Play play the Beatles. It's because a different thing, and you know, all these things. Uh, mm -hmm. You start playing heavy metal. Right. It looks it's completely different. Toxic. It will kill your house plants. It's it's absolutely toxic. Mm -hmm. So the th things are and and some of the f fear porn that they have and some of the hip hop. I like the hip hop beats and the instrumentals, but the but I can't play the lyrics here in church. The pornography. Mm -hmm. And so the, it's just porn. And you're subjecting people to this all the time with the rhythm and it becomes a a toxicity all in of itself. Right. So, in addition, wait a minute. Am I listening to porn then every day? You're saying that the techno music is like too. pop music is the porn, or which one is I the porn? I just song. want to know what but, I'm listening to. I was talking about hip hop. Hip hop. But, uh, you know, so, but uh, I like hip hop. I'll demonstrate what I'm listening to, and we'll, we'll just, we'll just, after the show, we'll figure out what I'm listening to. We need to figure this out. If I'm listening to porn, I want to know. I think trust your intuition. Like okay. when you when you realize they changed, they changed the scale from yeah. surface from 432 mm -hmm. is A, right? It's 550, Four, right? To 440. Oh, 440. So 440 is A. It used to be 432. Why? Everything is in harmony. The, mm. Everything is in harmony with that. So you listen to the vibration of the earth. It's the harmonic of the 432. It's, mm -hmm. you know, seven. Mm -hmm. 7.8 hertz. And everything Earth. on the radio is set to a tone that creates That hurts like, my ears. This disharmony. disharmony. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Which has that's, an effect. That's not good. There okay. was a guy um, who would create music, and it was in 432, and he was he was murdered, which is really well, interesting. He got They changed really this when? In 1932, the Rockefeller Foundation funded... Oh, wait um, a minute. Wait, what, what? What? I'm a conspiracy theorist. I'm out of my mind. Right. So why do they do this? Why? Doesn't make any sense. So if you tune your guitar to 432, uh, you will have a much better feeling. Mm -hmm. And you'll be, you have to transcribe mm -hmm. everything. But you, if you tune it to 432 as A instead of 440, you will find that 
everybody who listens to it has a better feeling about your music, right. including you about including you. Because I'm pretty sure the even the program I'm using to record this, this is what I make music with too. I'm pretty sure it's set already to that. I don't even. I'd have to look into how to reprogram it. Yeah. But is it set to the good or to no, the bad? No bad. <gasps> set to so the our bad. our podcast is, is set so to she's the bad. Asking what? To go out, so I need to take this her out. This is terrible. Oh, okay. How would I sound in the other one? Like oh like how would i like um, would it be I don't very know if it would be too noticeable oh okay yeah. well if it's not noticeable you can notice it if you're listening right it's more of a feeling but like on immediate listening i don't think like we it... could be giving people bad feelings no i, can't, I don't think I can't, so. we can't do that now. <laughs> bishop help with this i mean this is terrible siri play a tone at 432 hertz Wow. Siri, play a tune at 440. Is that the porn music right there? No, this is uh, Mark Anthony. Okay. My but, mom used to play the song. Okay. So, so that's kind a better a feeling song. music you're saying? The other one was just something uh, else. It's a different if if you key if you tune your instruments to this bass you to this bass like my body instruments mm -hmm. no if you're playing in the, if you're playing instruments yeah i'm not keyboard anything like that if you and the those music that you're listening to if it's in 432 rather than 440 you'll feel the difference mm -hmm. you may not notice the difference but you'll feel it 